When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. Now, uh, it's no secret that the automotive aftermarket uh, has fared reasonably well uh, throughout the pandemic for reasons about uh, access and being able to stay open and serving their communities and their customers for sure. Now, here in Ontario, recent piece of uh, research has really kind of put some numbers to that, uh, with me today uh, are uh, Diane Freeman, the president of the Automotive Aftermarket Retailers of Ontario. Welcome, Diane. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Nice to be with you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, and also Eric Milam. Eric is the uh, chair, uh, chairman of the board of uh, Aero, uh, as well as being the owner of the Reliable Auto Group. Uh, with three shops in the Orangeville, Ontario area. Welcome to the podcast, Eric. Thank you, Andrew. Now, uh, you know, the the numbers, from, you know, you worked with DeRozier's Automotive Consultants uh, to, to uh, you know, put this uh, research together. The numbers say something along the lines of uh, sort of two-thirds of the shops are doing pretty well. Uh, and expect to do pretty well with more growth in 2023, but there's kind of like a, a third of the shops or thereabouts. Uh, uh, they're a third, a third to 40% of the shops certainly who are saying, well, you know, it hasn't been growth or we're actually looking at declines. Now, uh, you know, what is, so there seems to be a bit of, again, sort of a bit of a dichotomy of, of experience here. Um, I'm going to just ask you, Eric, from from the shop perspective, um, it, you know, you've got three shops. Are they all doing great? Is it a regional thing? Is it, uh, do you see from the member standpoint, are there there are factors that, that mean that some shops really aren't in a position to, to do great? Uh, it's funny, funny you ask. We have three shops and we have three different opinions on that. One from each of them. One's doing exceptionally well. One's uh, just towing the line the same as before. And one's actually in a little bit of a, a slump from from uh, 2019. So we've got we've got a little bit of each. Uh, but overall, the three as a group, um, better, better than 2019 by a, a significant margin. Right, right, right. Now, just, uh, you know, I'm not leaving you out, Diane, but I'll get to get to you in a sec. But I did want to just say, is there anything that you can put your finger on uh, that that makes that so, Eric? Um, A couple of couple of things seem to come to the forefront. Um, I think the pandemic made a lot of people recognize that they didn't need to have four cars in a in a two person household or a three person household. So, uh, you know, they, they cut back on the number of cars. So, uh, you know, it, it may seem that people are out and about doing stuff, but they're doing it in one car instead of two cars. So for us, you know, that means a little bit less maintenance because cars need maintenance depending on time, not just driving. Um, and the other part is uh, maybe 
Um, people aren't quite as in tune with keeping their car maintained because they don't have the drive clean repercussions if they don't maintain their car. So we start to see, uh, we do see customers that have a check engine light on, um, continuing to drive with the check engine light. Like eight months later, you go, so did you want to look into that evap leak problem? No, no, it's fine. And, you know, we're stuck scanning it, checking it over and over again because they don't want to fix the first problem. So those those are a couple things we notice about what what might change how the how the driving public's been. Right, right. Now drive clean went away, I guess, you know, a few years ago now, right? So so that we're still kind of seeing the the fallout from, from that program going away. It, uh, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised, but sometimes we have short memories, right? So Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It you know, it does like the changes like that take three or four years to sink into the public, right? Because they're, they're not interested in it. They don't, you know, they don't think about it. And then one day they notice, hey, I, I don't have to get a drive clean anymore. Like that, it, it wasn't something that they considered. Right, because it was only every other year anyway, right? Or something like that. And, That's right, and, uh, yeah. You know, some folks, if they had newer vehicles, then they, they wouldn't have had it seen it until they realized down the road that, uh, oh, yeah, I don't have to do that, you know? And, and uh it could be several years uh, down the road, as you say. Now, Diane, uh, uh, does Eric's uh, experience seem to echo uh, what you're hearing from from uh, kind of the, the rest of the Aero membership? Yeah, based on what Eric said about, um, you know, uh, customers and households going from two cars down to one car. Um, yeah, I agree with that as well. But I also think um, with um, more and more people were working remotely during the pandemic and they're not driving their vehicles as much. So if they can work remotely uh, from home, uh, we're seeing more and more uh, people doing that. So they're not out driving as much. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I truly believe that, uh, you know, um, we're just starting to see an increase with more people driving and, um, more people getting back, I guess, to their normal way of life. Um, more people are starting to, you know, take those road trips and, and travel and take those vacations. So, um, I think we may see an increase eventually. Um, it's just started. And I think the fear is still out there, though, uh, with respect to the pandemic. You know, um, am I am I going to get sick again if I'm out there? And, you know, so, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I do see an improvement over the last, um, especially now in the new year, 2023. Uh, we're seeing more and more, if you you know, on the roads, more and more cars, more and more people traveling and, and uh, taking vacations. So hopefully that will increase um, our business. Sure, sure. So it sounds, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, folks uh, working remotely, staying at home, a lot of that is going away now, or at least to the same degree, you know, so people are driving more from work and back and forth standpoint, and certainly road trips are a little bit back and as, as uh, you know, vacation facilities uh, start to open up even the you know the ones that are kind of doing the staycations or the local local visits and all that starting to, to happen again resorts and whatnot um but you know the, the numbers at least according to the research say that that 
you know, despite the, you know, kind of drop in, in, in some of those uh, declines and, and people kind of consolidating their, their trips and maybe saying no to service, the, the, the shops have still, you know, the, at least uh, the bulk of them have still been, still been seeing really good growth. Um, so, you know, it, it seems to be a little bit, uh, you know, surprising, shall we say. Yes, 29% of the, of the uh, respondents said that um, they indicated their sales were down or seeing their sales lower than they were in 2020. But the indication was 34% feel that their sales will be over 12% this year. So that's a, that's a quite an increase. And 30% uh, of them said it's a modest growth between 1% and 10%, which uh, isn't really much. I mean, Eric, you could speak more on that, I'm sure, with respect to the business end. But uh, um, I, I think we do have more of a positive outlook now um, with, uh, with our industry uh, moving forward. So... Yeah. yeah. So, so, Eric, let me ask you, I mean, there's growth, uh, certainly for, for a big chunk, um, you know, one to 10. I mean, 2% is not amazing. 9% is pretty good, <laughs> you know, for, for if it's an established business. Obviously, yeah. over 11% is, is pretty solid. But uh, is that, um, how much of that, uh, probably asking a bit of a tough question, how much of that is, I'll call it real growth, and how much of it is, inflationary growth yeah um so that's that's a good question uh because you think that you know the published rate of inflation is around six percent um but you know uh, the cost on parts like it's it's not unusual to see parts that cost 20 percent more than they did a year ago at you know at the buying level um so obviously the retail level is going to go up a significant amount too so you know, just with that thought in mind, you know, ballpark change, if the labor, the uh, cost of the labor didn't change, but the cost of the parts has changed, you're probably going to see a five to 8% greater cost for the same work because the cost of parts has gone up. So, you know, uh, if you're not, if you're not seeing 10% growth, you're not staying ahead of inflation, right? Because inflation has gone up for everybody, right? Yep. <laughs> not just right. not right. just the cost of car parts. So right. you need right. to see that eight to ten percent just to maintain the the status quo. Just things to think about. Diane, do you get the sense that that shops are um, feeling under threat, or are they are they kind of making making their way and they're they're okay to kind of raised uh you know to, to sort of pass along some of that inflationary uh, pressure and and uh you know continue to try to make a buck i think that the members need to increase uh increase the door rate increase uh they you know everything's going up like like eric said with the inflation and everything and the cost of parts etc and it's it's right across the board so i mean if they don't increase the door rate um, it's it's going to have a huge impact on their bottom line. Uh, so um, I think I think the shop owners today um, they realize if they do not increase it, um, it's it's going to impact their business 
uh, right across the board, including, you know, their staffing, um, everything, overhead and so on. So um, I, th I think our members, um, they realize that. And I think you'll start to see increases in the door rates. And um, and it, it, it should be a lot higher. You know, we're not we're not at the level where we should be as professionals in the industry. So um, that needs to be brought up anyways, that door rate and uh, the, the cost uh, to uh, diagnose and repair vehicles. So um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that there's a real need for an increase there. Sure. I mean, Eric, you mentioned uh, parts uh, cost uh, increasing, which is, you know, fairly transparent, but the, you know, cost of energy to run a shop, heat a shop, uh, light a shop, uh, any any businesses out there that are, you know, uh, put in a position where they have to uh, lease equipment, well, those leasing costs are for sure going to be up higher uh, with the interest rates increasing. So all of those things, uh, well, they all need to be paid for, right? Yeah, that's right. That's all. It's all part of your labor rate, your door rate. Now, uh, one of the other uh, points that was raised in the research results was uh, the the uh, supply chain challenges, uh, parts delays. Uh, so, Eric, um, you know, how does uh, do you see that and manifesting in your businesses? And and uh, like, how does it? Uh, what are the various impacts of of that if you are seeing it on you know how you run your shops? Um, it, so we, we do see quite frequently now, it seems to be, uh, you know, a year ago, it wasn't a frequent thing, but it seems to be, um, we have a car every week that's going to be held up for 10 days, uh, you know, two weeks waiting on parts. Um, uh, you know, we haven't had any parts on hold for six months lately. But I, uh, I think we got through all that. We did. We had, uh, we had a couple of vehicles uh, we got through in November, December that that had been waiting for parts for close to a year, like undrivable, sitting for a year, like incredible amount of time. Um, we've been fairly lucky in the last couple months. Some of the things that have looked like we're not going to be able to get in a reasonable period of time, we've been able to to get used parts for. But even even at that is kind of hit and miss whether you're going to be able to get the parts or not. Um, so it seems to be the norm now to, to don't be surprised that you might have to wait two weeks to get something to get your car driving again. Right. Have you found that you've had to do, you know, uh, you know, you or, or others spend more time, uh, you know, looking around and sourcing and, uh, you know, uh, just more time in the day to, to, to fill those uh, parts needs? Oh yeah, absolutely. If you want to, if you want to look after your clients in a reasonable time period, like you definitely need to hunt around. Uh, you know, it might be check five or six different sources before you before you give in and say, "Well, it's going to be a month to get your car back on the road." Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. You know, um, what about? I mean, uh, you know, in the in the landscape of all this, I know this is kind of stepping outside of the research uh, on this, but in the landscape of all of this, uh, you know, you you've got the kind of running uh, needs to to keep up to date with what's going on, and the you know get keep your uh, competencies up, Diane, and you guys are running. Uh, 
I, don't know, I should ask. I mean, you've been running some good training programs uh, looking forward, you know, uh, uh, is that uh, is that demand still there despite all these kind of day to day needs and, and uh, challenges? Absolutely. Um, we've been running a lot of um, electric vehicle uh, training programs uh, with the government and we've received a lot of government funding for that training. And I can tell you uh, when we first started it, um, we we filled those classes within hours. It, it filled, and uh, so you can tell by just that alone that there's really a need out there for the electric vehicle training. Um, we also um, we found that the um, with the training, we also have a waiting list of of technicians who require that training and want to get that hands-on in-person training, which we've kind of gone back to again after the pandemic. It's nice to be able to actually get together in a classroom um, environment and be able to talk to others within within your industry about um, you know the challenges and the vehicles that you're working on and what's coming up and you know what you're coming across when um when diagnosing those cars um so we're again uh we're doing more and more training i think training is probably number one focus uh for our industry because everything's changing so quickly um and uh, we're asked we've been asked um from the members about front counter and um, front counter training, more training on that end of it, because a lot of um, a lot of the front counter uh, people aren't maybe as comfortable talking about um, electric vehicles to uh, the consumers who are walking in with electric vehicles. So I think we need to get more education out there on that as well. Um, you know, what what they need to tell that client about their vehicle when they walk in with an electric vehicle. So a lot of changes going on. And um, I, th I think a lot of training. Uh, we're seeing more and more members who are sending their texts to the training. So that's all positive. That's very positive. Yeah, so, Eric, uh, just to kind of wind it back through uh, here and, and, and make a kind of a, a clumsy segue, I guess, uh, considering the outlook is, is at least relatively positive, uh, certainly, you know, for, for growth, um, are components like that kind of training and, and, and sort of investing in the business uh, important for, for shops to continue that positive outlook, both, you know, obviously 2023 and, and uh, looking forward to the years to come? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's always a need for training. Uh, you know, electric vehicles are, are like a, you know, a buzz, a buzzword. Everybody talks about electric vehicles. They all, all the technicians want to know as much as they can about it, so that they can speak um, coherently and and uh, professionally. They can discuss the ins and outs. You know, um, most people, most of the technicians have got over the fear part of of uh, electric vehicles. You know they're all aware of what it what basic safety requirements are so they're i think for the most part the guys that i talk to are fairly comfortable with that with that whole stream of uh of uh learning coming down the road 
Um, it, it's, um, it, is, it is for sure something that we all need to, in the aftermarket anyways, we all need to be ready to, to embrace. Uh, you know, some of the manufacturers are, are turning away some of the maintenance stuff just to make just because they don't they don't have the um, capacity to look after changing tires during tire change season or, or that kind of thing and, and you know we need to be ready to to accept that customer and welcome them into our into our client base um, it, i know that we can provide a greater um a, a, a better experience for the client than what most of the OE dealers are, are capable of providing. So if they're turning them away, like for sure, we need to, we need to step up and make sure we're ready to, to look after them. Well, that's a, that, that's a, a really a great note to end on. I think, you know, uh, uh, the, the independent automotive aftermarket service provider prides himself on taking care of the customer with face-to-face -face and real good, personable uh you know interactions um uh yeah. and and uh you know it sounds like it sounds like you know uh, it's working right so <laughs> so uh, thank you uh diane uh and eric from arrow uh and of course uh, eric also has his uh, uh his business reliable auto group in orangeville area three shops there um so uh again thanks everyone else for uh, for joining the podcast uh you know keep your eye on on the customer and Take care of them. They'll take Thank care you. of you. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.